Hello everybody, Bradley here and welcome back into VB Cast, the all TwitchCon edition where today I will be talking all about my experience at TwitchCon 2022 in San Diego, California. Just a quick reminder that this was recorded live at twitch.tv slash Van Bradley. If you want to see the full kind of video VOD, please go over there and do that. Also, that's where I live stream video games. If you want to see me play video games on the internet, that's twitch.tv slash Van Bradley. I also have a Twitter at Van Bradley Games that you should check out. And finally, the last thing, just a producer note, editor's note here. I did have to cut the conversation about the foam pit, the dreaded TwitchCon foam pit. The reason for that is in the VOD, I was doing a lot of showing people on Twitter and since this is an audio medium and not a visual medium i was not able to um, repurpose the conversation in a way that was any kind of you know intelligible just via audio so if you want to listen to me talk about the, the dreaded twitchcon foam pit you will have to go to the the, the twitch.tv slash van bradley site and check out the vod there otherwise i was able to preserve anything else so let's jump right in and talk about twitchcon the first thing i want to talk about at twitchcon was san diego the location the foundation where was this convention located? So the North American version was located in San Diego. I did not go to the Amsterdam one, even though I wanted to. So I have no, I have no realm to compare it to, right? Like I've just gone to this one TwitchCon. It was in San Diego. San Diego is a place that I've been a bunch of times. So I've already been to San Diego. I was already familiar with it. So that, that location was not new as a place for me. I know a lot of people there were going to San Diego for the first time. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I'm glad people got the chance to do that. I should also preface this whole podcast and this whole stream by just saying this is my first TwitchCon. I've never been to another TwitchCon. I did not even know Twitch really existed that much before the pandemic. And so this is all new to me. I've never been to TwitchCon other than this one. So I have no comparisons to either TwitchCon Amsterdam and the European version of it or TwitchCon in just any other year. I know they've done a San Jose, a San Diego, whatever. I have no idea because I didn't go to those. I just want to say, San Diego, an S-tier location for this convention. Now, maybe, maybe it is possible that people who have been to other conventions in other places would have better places to go. However, I thought San Diego was absolutely perfect. There was no, in my opinion, like, there was just a great setup there. I don't know what else you'd want from the setup of the convention. Whether Twi Twitch executes the convention is a separate thing <laughs> that we're gonna talk about, but the location was perfect. The convention center, I think, is just the right size for TwitchCon. It was big enough to fit everybody in and to fit all the booths and the con floor seemed right. I think if I did have to take a knock against the San Diego Convention Center, the kind of upstairs theater areas were oftentimes not the right size for the events happening in them, and that could be a fault of Twitch and they're just poorly scheduling panels and events in those theaters. So I don't know if that's a convention center issue or a Twitch issue, um, but the, the, the actual kind of ground floor of the convention center, the outside, not really mezzanine area because it's not up on a floor, but like the sidewalk area outside the convention center was all fantastic. I think that the convention center is the right size. I think the surrounding area was perfect. Uh, I was there with uh, White Nerdy, which we'll talk about. He he kind of he kind of hung out with me all weekend, which was very nice with, uh, of him. But everything you need is within walking distance. A lot of the hotels are right there. My hotel was on the convention center, like right there, which was super helpful. But the immediate kind of uh, gas lamp party district area is so good. Um, you just walk two seconds out of the convention center and you are just in the heart of this fun social area 
of San Diego. And so I just wanted to give it a shout up front that I think San Diego is a great spot for this. I do, I do want to talk a little bit about whether I think it makes sense to move the convention. North America is a big place and you also have to accommodate, right? Like which one do the Aussies go to, right? If you're Australian, you're an Australian community member, you're an Australian Twitch streamer. Do you go to the European one? Do you go to the North American one? There, there are other continents that you're trying to fit in here that don't really have a home TwitchCon to go to. And so um, I, I, there might be location issues with San Diego in terms of where on the continent of North America it is actually placed. But in terms of the location, I thought it was great. Uh, the, the convention center, the gas lamp district, the weather is great in San Diego in October. Obviously, that's a, a huge factor. I know there's going to be a lot of people possibly on the East Coast that maybe didn't have as much fun flying across to the, the absolute West Coast. I, I'm pretty sympathetic to those people. I am on the West Coast, so I just had a really short two-hour flight down from Vancouver. Uh, I obviously would not be opposed to going to a con on the East Coast or somewhere a little more inland, Chicago, those types of places. Uh, I'm sure there are convention centers around there as well. However, I would absolutely... If they announced that the next TwitchCon in North America was in San Diego again, I would have zero problems with that. I thought it was a great location. And I also wonder, too, what are the benefits of staying in the same location? I'm not a convention planner. I don't know what goes on in the convention planning, uh, you know, C-suite offices of Twitch, right? Do, do you save money, right? Do you save money? Do you save time? Do you save, do you save effort, not uh, moving your convention from place to place every single year. Is that possible? Is it is it possible that you get a better convention from having it be at the same location every single year? I don't know if the answer to that is yes. Maybe there's some marketing or material benefits or maybe different cities. Maybe um, if, if New York Comic Con was also this weekend, but maybe if the New York Convention Center is not taken, maybe that city gives you a discount. Like, hey, we want to bring the TwitchCon over to New York. I don't know. Uh, however, San Diego was just a fantastic location. Next, I want to talk about the vibe. The vibe at TwitchCon was generally great, and people seemed to be having fun. Now, we're going to go over the reasons why I think the vibe was good. However, we're starting off two for two. There were a lot of things about this convention that could have been a lot better, but the vibe was good. People seem to be having fun. If you were at TwitchCon and you you were there and you'd like to kind of let us know in the chat what how you felt about it, how you were doing. Um, but the vibe was good. People were having a great time. There were so many people just that just looked happy to be there that were just having so much fun hanging out with each other. Everyone was like proudly wearing their Twitch badge all around the Gaslamp District of San Diego. The amount of times you'd pop into a restaurant or a bar and just meet new people that had their Twitch badge on. And I just think uh, the social aspect and the, the meeting everyone aspect of TwitchCon really, really uh, worked. And the vibe, the general mood of everyone there was good. And I was worried about the general mood of everyone there just because of the PR week that Twitch has had. PR week, the PR year, the PR month, I don't know. Twitch is just absolutely on every level having the worst public relations year <laughs> ever and all almost all of that is exclusively self-inflicted and it, it just seems a little bit 
Uh, we'll talk about it because there were some moments of this con too where Twitch just couldn't help themselves by, you know, messing something up or just not getting the point or whatever. Uh, but I was worried about what the general mood of TwitchCon was coming off uh, what was a very contentious and bad uh, vibe on Twitter, on the internet, on, on Twitch streaming for the few weeks before TwitchCon. I was really worried that that would overshadow the convention, and I don't think it did, and I think that's more of a credit to the people that were there, uh, not a credit to Twitch. <laughs> However, um, you know what, it's their convention, and people seem to be having fun at their convention, and so in that sense, I'll give them, I'll give them the credit for that. I, I think it was... I think it was a fun time for most people that were there. And I think that's important. I think it's important that we're starting this discussion from the base of uh, San Diego was a great location and everyone seemed to be having at least a, a reasonably good time. The, the general energy of the place seemed to be high and I enjoyed that. I want to talk about how much of a social event TwitchCon is and how little of a networking event it is because this bamboozled my brain and I don't really have a preference. I had a great time anyway, um, but because this was my first TwitchCon, I had prepared for something that did not really meet uh, my normal expectation of conventions. TwitchCon is not my first convention. I've been to many, many conventions, just never the Twitch one. And so I kind of had it that TwitchCon would be very much the same as other conventions where networking and making friends was going to be the main event for me. You know, I stream on Twitch, I get the cool little partner badge that makes it easier for me to go around and, and say hi to people. People get to look at the badge and go, hey, that's a Twitch partner, I'll say, you know what I mean? It's easier to decipher kind of who people are in that sense. And so what I thought would happen is, I, you know, you get there, you get the partner badge, and it just makes it easier to meet other streamers, connect with them, um, you know, network with them, um, collaborate with them, those types of things. That is not how TwitchCon works. And I liked how it worked anyway. I had a great time anyway, but I had the whole Thursday night when I was there at the partner party, just a complete recalibration of what my expectations were and how I was gonna like socially approach this event. Cause again, I'm super extroverted. I'll say hi to people. I'll go and jump in the middle of people's conversations and, you know, get in there and meet new people and, and chat. And so I'm eager to go out there and, and do all that. Um, it was a much more of a social event than I thought it would be in a good way in the sense that people were there saying hi. Everyone was so lovely. Everyone that I met was an absolute beautiful human being who, who really took their time to say hello. We're going to, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. However, um, all of your planning for TwitchCon had to be done before TwitchCon. All of your networking for TwitchCon needed to be done before TwitchCon, um, especially, especially if you're coming from like a smaller Civ community. Um, not that the Civ community, there's a lot of communities on Twitch that are smaller than Civ. It's just that Civ is not, you know, it hasn't hit this cultural zeitgeist on Twitch where everyone knows I'm doing this. It just goes over people's heads. And so um, when you're coming from a community that not a lot of people are familiar with, um, you're not really going to make friends there. My previous experiences at conventions and social situations and those types of things is you'd go and you'd meet people and then you'd tag along with them. You become part of their squad and then you go bar hopping together and then you're like, oh, I'm going to this party. Are you going to that party? Ah, just come on, let's take along. And you end up like where you start on Thursday and the crew you end up with on Sunday are different people. 
right? And I don't think that happened at TwitchCon. I think what more happened on TwitchCon was it was a place for people who had already networked throughout the year, who had already met people throughout the year on Twitch to just do it in person for the first time. I didn't get the sense that there were very many groups of people um, that were actively looking for other people to join their crew for the weekend, if that makes sense. Um, it was more like you, what you get are these small five-minute chances to say hello, make an impression, take photos of each other's badges, and then never see that person again, which is, again, a type of socializing I'm all here for. I'm more than happy to meet people for five minutes, take a photo of their badge, and then meet on stream. Going into TwitchCon 2023, though, I would do that completely differently. I really wanted the chance to network, to meet people outside the Civ community, especially streamers that I kind of look up to and admire outside of that community, and really get the chance to kind of chat with them, pick their brains, go and have a good time. And I, I don't think that was really on the cards for, for a lot of people in a lot of communities, um, but... However, I learned my lesson. I think for TwitchCon 2023, you know, a few months beforehand, you're getting into people's streams, you're raiding over to people's streams, you're, you're sending Discord DMs. Hey, I'm going to TwitchCon. You're going to TwitchCon. Do you want to hang out at TwitchCon? Do you just want to take a photo? Kind of what what is your what are your plans? Are you already going with other people? I think a lot of people had just kind of pre-planned their entire weekend out. And the only extra free time was just for these quick kind of five minute kind of meet and greets if you bump into others. And so it was a bit of a mental switch. I don't know if what I'm saying in terms of networking is making sense on your end listening to this, um, but they're just two different types of networking. I I'm used to these social events going, you go there and you meet some people and those people are super cool and you just end up. You know, you just end up like, yo, we're going to go to my hotel room, we're going to pre-drink, and then we're going to go to this karaoke bar and those types of things. And that that wasn't really how this socializing was working. It was more you kind of already had to do the networking and everything before TwitchCon, and, and that would have made it a lot easier, which is not what I expected because I expected the socializing in person to, to be a, a more effective than the socializing online. But hey... You win some, you lose some. I had a wonderful time. I met so many cool people. But just for TwitchCon 2023, I would I would recalibrate that. And what I would say to other streamers is if you're hoping to go to TwitchCon and you're hoping to really get the chance to, you know, chat with someone for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, get to know them a little bit, pick their brain about their stream, about their thoughts, about those types of things. If you're hoping to get to like go for dinner with people, uh, obviously this is just not going to happen on a mass scale. But if, if you and somebody else are constantly raiding into each other's streams and you already have a little bit of a relationship, uh, don't assume that means that you're going to be able to hang out with them all weekend. That's not at all how it works at TwitchCon. Uh, make sure you get in there and you, you send those messages before Twitch and get that organized and you'll have a little more success on the on the social and networking front um, again that's not to say I didn't have any success I met so many cool people and creators they were just more in these like quick five minute interactions than they were in these kind of long drawn out hey you seem like a cool person I'm a cool person let's go for lunch and just be two cool people chatting about streams for a little bit um, that part didn't really go down the way I thought it would but hey it's all good we're moving on to TwitchCon 2023 I shall be more prepared for the networking next time, and that is all good to go. I wanna talk in detail about this one, but the first thing I wanna say is it was great to see so many, and I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands of people that were just not streamers. What I assumed TwitchCon would be best at 
And what I was correct in a way, despite everything I just said, it was still best at this, was for streamers to connect to other streamers, right? We all stream together, we rate each other all the time, and we're just getting, we're getting to say hello in person for the first time, or for the second time, or for our yearly let's go for drinks with this streamer type of thing, right? You, everyone streams from different places, you only get the chance to meet up. Um, what I assumed is, regardless of how good the convention was, it was mostly an excuse for a bunch of streamers to come and hang out for, for a couple of days. But there were so many community members there, people who are just viewers of Twitch. And it was so great to see them there having a good time, meeting their favorite streamers, getting to say hi to each other. I just think communities and viewers and people who aren't streamers are so much of the backbone of what we're all doing. To see them, to see those people come out to the convention to meet the, the streamers that they watch, to have a good time, to check everything out, to just be part of this general social nerdiness for a couple of days. Um, it was way more than I expected and it brought the biggest smile to my face. I, I just think that how cool is it? How cool is it? How cool is it to take this thing that happens um, very parasocially, right? Where it's a, you can see who I am, you can see my face, you, you, you get to know me a little bit, but I have no idea who you are, right? Like the viewer is the anonymous person on Twitch and to see all of that, that anonymity as a streamer, it just feels like this cloud of anonymity, names and badges and chat people. And to see that all in real people in real life was just super freaking cool. And just the sheer amount of, of people that were there. It was incredible. I had so much fun just kind of looking and seeing so many thousands of people. There were also lots of people with affiliate badges and partner badges and streamers too. And But that just makes sense to me that all the streamers would go. Um, so it was, it was great to see so many community members there. I will say, let's start talking a little bit you know, critically of TwitchCon. I'm still not sure exactly, exactly what's in it for viewers of Twitch. Like if you're a Twitch viewer... You know, the social aspect is great. The getting to meet your streamers is great. But I just don't know what part of the convention is designed for you. Because there's... So you're you're a viewer of Twitch, right? It's very unlikely you're going to get there and then just get to hang out with your favorite streamer all weekend, right? Like I mentioned, it was hard for the streamers to hang out with other, other streamers for the entire weekend. And we know each other in the sense that it's a little less parasocial in that we can see each other's faces, we're raiding each other, we're in each other's discords on calls and doing those types of things, right? There's less anonymity there. And so, um, so you're going you're gonna to fly all the way out to San Diego. You're going to meet your favorite streamer, whether that's old VB here or whoever it is. You're going to get your couple of minutes. You know, almost everybody was super accommodating and, and social and wanted to take photos with all the fans. And so that was great, too. There were very few people there that were like, please don't come talk to me. I don't want to say hi to you. Don't take a photo with me. I didn't see that happening at all. Um, but you get your five minutes. You say hello. You chat for a little bit. You get your photo. You move on into the convention. Unless you have a queue of people you're trying to meet. I don't know if any of the booths or any of the areas of the convention were specifically made uh, for viewers. Twitch Rivals was a great time, and I think that would be super fun if you're kind of just a general viewer of Twitch. But none of the panels are really made for you. They're mostly made for streamers. The booths 
are mostly focused on streamers. Like the whole charity section, just a streamer thing. There's a lot of booths with like gear, like keyboards, mouse, you know, cameras, those types of things. Obviously for streamers, right? Those are four people that I kind of come to the convention, buy the product, take it home, and then use it to make their stream better. Uh, I want to talk about the convention floor a little later about some of the games and companies and those types of things. But if I had one kind of critique, it was it was great to see so many people there that were just Twitch viewers. That was incredible. That warmed my heart. That was amazing. It would have been nice if there was more at the convention catered to people who were just Twitch viewers. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. I don't know if I have the wrong read of it. Uh, obviously, I went as someone who's not a viewer. So maybe I was just reading the convention through my own lens and completely missing something but i just personally didn't get the vibe that there was like three days worth of active content for viewers of twitch to keep up with outside of their quick five minute meet and greets with their favorite streamers and if your favorite streamer is me you'll run into me on the floor right that happened a few times people like yeah vb kind of came and say hi and it was awesome right so if your favorite streamer is me you'll just run into me on the convention floor and that's a little more natural it's a little more fun i can take a little more time if you're meeting your favorite streamers and they're big streamers and they have the scheduled meet and greets well there's like a line of 90 people you're you're just getting the photo right and so i, I just want to make sure that these conventions uh, I want to make sure as if I'm planning this, I just want to point out that I, I think it's important to not lose sight as this is a convention for the viewers of Twitch, just as much as for the streamers on Twitch and to make sure, to make sure there's enough content there for three days that for viewers of Twitch, they'll have a great time as well in between the meet and greets with their favorite streamers, just because it's unlikely you'll go there and actually get to hang out with the streamers you admire because that's not really how parasocial stuff works it's also not really um it's also not really how the streamers plan their weekend right like we all plan to have other things going on and so we don't have these giant hour-long gaps in the middle of our schedule to go and just hang out with people right you know what i mean so um yeah that would be the, the first little cr tr critique i have and maybe i have the wrong read of it is just more things that are super cool for twitch viewers i think would be Awesome. The convention floor, we have to talk about the con floor. This is going to be my biggest problem with TwitchCon. And it's a completely understandable problem. I do not think they'll fix it. And I don't think other people will be interested in fixing this problem. And maybe, hold up, maybe it's not a problem at all. And I'm just a big old Debbie Downer jerk. The convention floor was simultaneously awesome. It looked great. It was well spread out. Um, the pacing of it was good. I know I'm talking about the fucking floor like it's a novel, right? But convention planning is important. The organization is important where everything is, where the food is, where the bathrooms are, where the Twitch Rivals arena is. All of these things are important. So you know where you're going. You can kind of do your rounds. You can get to where you need to be. Um, there's enough, there, it was, that part of it was great. Whoever at Twitch is in charge of laying out the convention center and fitting everyone in, there was no booths that didn't have enough space. Like you go to the booth you want to go to and you're not like crowded up against people. Like every booth 
seemed to have the right amount of space for the size of it. They had the, everything was sectioned off really well. You had all of your kind of product brands in one area of the convention center, all of your charity organizations in another, the Twitch rivals arena was off at one end. Like that was great. So the organization of the convention floor, I don't know who at Twitch is in charge of con organization, 10 of the 10, great job. No notes. I thought that was great. What is actually on the convention floor though? is the biggest missed opportunity of TwitchCon 2022. I don't know what it was like in previous TwitchCons. I haven't been to them. I don't know what it's like at other kind of gaming conventions. Um, I, I know what it's like at like a Comic-Con or those types of things that include gaming, but are also about other things. The floor at TwitchCon was this weird mix of like games that no one really cares about right like games that are only there to get notoriety for being there right so it's not like you have all of these like there's no apex legends booth where you can like squat up with your guys there is a LAN area where you can do that but there's no like official uh, respawn has a booth with a hundred computers and you just squat up and play apex legends with your mates there's no like epic games Fortnite booth where you can do that either it's all like all of the gaming stuff sorry that was such a weird cough all of the gaming stuff was like mediocre at best some of the games i really enjoyed but it was all games that are that are either not popular or games that are trying like that is you can tell that's their marketing games that are only popular if they market themselves at TwitchCon and you go and play them and then come back and stream them to your communities and those types of things. So that was a little bit disappointing because what I, what I thought would have been way cooler is if these already popular games were there and you were getting the chance to kind of do it in real life and those types of things. So that I think was a big missed opportunity on the gaming front. And the other thing that I think is the biggest missed opportunity is there was absolutely no focus, no focus on developers and uh, publishers using TwitchCon to show us the next thing to be excited about. The, 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 this is the part that's understandable. The convention is solely focused on the live streaming aspect of Twitch and not the gaming aspect of Twitch. Now in part this is fair because hey, Twitch is not just a gaming platform. A lot of the most popular Twitch streamers are doing just chatting stuff. They are they are doing their hot tub streams or whatever. That would have been funny. Just a bunch of hot tubs at TwitchCon. Oh my goodness. Anyways, the Twitter the Twitter discourse on that would have been wild. Um, so it's focused on the live streaming aspect of it, but what's not there is any kind of focus on the gaming aspect of it. Like there's no 2K booth, there's no, um, there's no EA booth, there's no Blizzard Activision booth. Uh, whatever you think about these companies, we can talk about that later. But there's like no place for me to go to be like, there's like, I don't know. I don't know how this is making sense, but like in my head, I should have been able to go to a 2K booth and learn a little bit more about Marvel Midnight Suns. Right? Kind of like you would at Gamescom. If you go to Gamescom, you go there and there's these early access things. The only game there actually, I think I saw Modern Warfare 2. That's coming out in a couple weeks. I thought I saw a place where you can go and play the beta of Modern Warfare 2. I thought that was really interesting. But mostly there was just a complete lack of focus on 
gaming, on games that were coming out, on early access games for you to play, on the, the big publish, publishers taking the opportunity, right? In the opening ceremony, which we'll talk about, there was a big Overwatch 2 thing that was going on. Why were there no computers set up to play Overwatch 2 at TwitchCon? Like, I think that's the missed opportunity to me, is all of the big games and all of the big publishers and all of the big studios were just not present. And that was a little bit frustrating. And if they were present, it was just people saying hi. Like 2K, I met the 2K people. They were lovely, obviously playing Civ, game that's published by 2K. Um, so I met all the 2K people there. They were just walking around. They, you, if you bumped into them, you bumped into them. Uh, if you didn't, you didn't bump into them. But there was no like 2K booth where you could learn more about 2K games. Um, there was a Sega booth. Sega's a good example. Sega was there. Sega had a booth. Uh, it was focused on mainly a lot of their smaller games. Um, and no, like no upcoming, no football manager, like football manager is a Sega game that is coming out in a couple weeks and is a massively popular game, possibly not in North America, but it just wasn't there. The Sega booth had like four laptops where you could play. Like one of them was humankind. There was like one laptop for each of the other games. But to me, that's just not enough for the gaming side of TwitchCon. So from the live streaming side of TwitchCon, it made a lot of sense. All of your faves were there on the on the show floor. Stream Elements, Streamlabs, all these other places, microphone uh, manufacturers, you know, Beacon who makes like uh, GoXLR type things, they were all there. So focusing on the live streaming side, everyone was there. Focusing on the gaming side, complete disappointment. And I think that was just a little bit, not frustrating, but a, a missed opportunity. I, if I were Twitch, I would put a little more focus on trying to convince some of the big publishers and big developers to bring their games to TwitchCon, either to play in like a LAN environment, because that would be super fun. Imagine how fun would it be if I showed up at TwitchCon and we all got to play a game, maybe not Civ, because that's like an eight-hour game. Pretend I was a Fortnite streamer. I'm a Fortnite streamer. Um, I'm a Fortnite streamer. I go, instead of doing like a five minute meet and greet, I go to the Epic Games booth and I schedule, you know, 20 computers for half an hour and we play two games of Fortnite. How cool would that be, man? And it just was not on the con floor. So I think huge missed opportunity for the games aspect of TwitchCon to supplement the experience for the people that were there. Let's talk about the loot cave. The loot cave at TwitchCon. All right, we're gonna talk about the loot cave. Now, the merch was fantastic. All right, I wanna give this credit to Twitch. The merch that was there that they brought was fantastic. I got to go into the loot cave on Thursday. There was a partner only shopping session, which was super helpful. Um, I suspect it, there was no discounts or anything. So I suspect the reason they had a partner only shopping session was just so partners had a chance to walk around the um, store without being recognized and having people come up to them and having to take photos and stuff. So I think they were really trying to get partners through on Thursday before the con opened to anyone else um, to to kind of get all their shopping done, have the partner party, those types of things. So they can at least have one day of just doing their own thing before people were coming to recognize them. And this is obviously because the Twitch partners are gonna be the ones who have their day derailed the most by people coming up and saying hello and those types of things. And so got into the loot cave on Thursday. I was genuinely blown away at how cool most of the merch was. So much so I was actively grumpy that I didn't save more money to spend on merch. We could have had a whole like campaign on Twitch where, <laughs> where I, I could have bought a lot more merch. 
everything was good. They had a Street Fighter collection that was a little bit disappointing, but some of the stuff there was really cool. Um, the variety of Twitch merch was great. They got sweatpants, they got hoodies, they got t-shirts. I got one right now that I'm wearing. It says Twitch on Oh, I got the wrong side. It says Twitch on it. It's just like a simple little thing. It has Twitch on the sleeve. This shirt was 20 bucks. Like, it wasn't even... The, the, the prices were expensive, but not exorbitantly so. That's not a word, but maybe that's a word. I don't know. Um, not, not, not so much higher than any other event like this or if you went to people's merch shops to buy the merch. Um, they had a lot of variety. The, the stuff was all comfortable. It looked great. There was a lot of colors. I got a pink and purple version of this shirt. It looks fantastic. So I just wanted to call out Twitch. I don't know if this is an opinion I just have. I'm sure there were people who went into the loot cave and, and thought the merch was disappointing, but I expected nothing. I really expected to not buy any merch at all. I was like, what do I need Twitch merch for? I got in there and was genuinely, I think the fact that I went in there and felt, man, I wish I brought a little more money to spend on Twitch merch, said everything it needed to about the loot cave. I thought the merch was fantastic. Good job, Twitch, because this might be the last thing I give you a, no, there's one more thing I give Twitch a good job for before I get into dunking on Twitch <laughs> a lot. So um, the merch is fantastic. Uh, great job, whoever at Twitch designs the merch. Let's talk about the partner party. So the partner party, another thing I actually met. Um, I met Sarah, who is a Sims, and I guess she she said she was playing Fortnite recently, but I know her from Sims. I was just sitting at a bar. I, I got to San Diego at 1, picked up my badge, but the partner party wasn't until 6, and the partner shop wasn't until 3 or 4. So I had a couple hours to kill, and I, I wanted a beer, as you do. So I went to this random, like, Baja kind of fish and chips place. I'm near the convention center, and I sat down. I had me 25 ounce of Dosakis, which was delicious. And so Sarah, who who I didn't recognize for a while while I was talking to her um, until she showed me her badge, but whatever. She was sitting kind of across, and we were chatting a little bit. And we were talking about the partner party, and I, I was saying that I had no expectations because there's no way. It, I, it was scheduled from 6 to 9 p.m., so I thought, okay, Twitch is going to have a party, and the, the times for that party are 6 to 9 p.m. I think if you have a party that ends at 9 p.m., that's a bad start for advertising it as a party. And then I thought there is no way Twitch is going to, like, provide alcohol or food or anything. Like, what I thought, and which would have been totally fine, I want to be clear, it would have been totally cool to just have a place for partners to hang out and say hello before the convention opens to thousands of other people, right? Like if anything, if it, was just, if, it, if it was just Twitch saying, hey, partners, we know that you guys will be busier than most on the convention floor, kind of having the meet and greets, having people come up to you, and that we want to just give you these three hours where it's only open to you guys so you can socialize. I think that would have been totally acceptable. So I want to be clear. I don't think there's a real unacceptable version of this partner party. Um, but the version we got... The version we got, I think, not a 10 out of 10, an 8, a 7.5 out of 10, a solid B or a B plus, compared to my expectations, compared to like the top tier of what a partner party could be, pretty low. Compared to my expectations, fantastic. You get to the convention center, you go up an escalator, there's this whole outdoor terrace area um, that's really, really nice, key that it's outside, so it's a little bit safe if you were worried about COVID, um, 
that wasn't a problem at all. I won't be able to speak on the accessibility of it. Um, if you were a possible or if you were a partner that needed any accessibility accommodations, I have no idea how that went. Um, and so I don't want to speak on that. And so if, if um, those who had complaints about the accessibility um, kind of speak up, that would be helpful in forming my opinion uh, in is 75% a B in Canada. I don't know. I just made that up. Sorry. We're, we're derailing this conversation. Uh, Canadian letter grades could be something like that. Uh, Canada grading system. Yeah. B 75 to 79%. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. B is 79 to 75 or 75 to 79%. 86 is an A. I remember 86 being an A anyways, back to the, back to the, the partner party. It was outside. Great first start. Uh, that was awesome. Um, there was free booze, free booze, free. Okay. I just want to say this one more time. This is Twitch. We're talking about, this is Twitch. We're talking about. There were free booze. I could walk up to a person and I could say, can I have that beer please? And they'd be like, yeah. Then they'd open it for me and I'd drink it and I wouldn't give them any money. You know how, you know how little I was expecting to get free booze at a Twitch party. You know how low the odds were that there was going to be free booze at a Twitch party. Now I did hear some complaints. I do want to be clear. I did hear some complaints. I'm a beer guy. I like cocktails and stuff too. Mostly if it's alcohol, I like it. So it's bad for my liver, but decent for these types of parties. Right. Um, there was lots of beer. That was great. So I had a good time. I did hear some complaints that the cocktail selection or availability was lacking. And so it was more of a focus on beer and cider and those types of things like bottled beverages than it was on cocktails. So the cocktail folks out there might have a different opinion on this than I do. But for someone who is more than happy to have a couple of Coronas and just kind of walk around and say hi to people, uh, the free booze was great. It, it was a sponsored event. Um, there was a Mana, which is a like self, like some kind of cell phone company or something was sponsoring it. Um, but still, Twitch went out and got the, even if Twitch didn't pay for it, Twitch went out and got the event sponsored so that there would be free booze. There, I don't want to give Twitch no credit for that because it's still their party. And if they said, hey, we're not going to pay for this free booze, but they are, fine with me. I don't care who pays for it. That's not my problem. Um, free booze. The food selection was really good, too. There was a lot of, like, little snacks. There was also some meals there. Um, if you wanted, like, a nice, like, um, it might have been pork. I don't know. But there was people in fancy outfits, like, cutting meat, which was really nice. There was some good pasta options as well. And so if you wanted, like, a meal, there was food there that you could go and grab. If you wanted snacks, there was lots of, lots of snacks there. And so I just think the partner party was awesome. Um, I talked a little bit about the social aspect. I think the one downside to the partner party is that, is that A, it's the first social event after a pandemic. And so I think a lot of people, including myself, by the Friday, I went to another party on Friday evening at uh, Fourth Wall, which was great. And by then my social gears had kind of kicked in. But on the Thursday, you're still trying to figure out like, okay, like, do I talk to people? Do I not talk to people? Do I interrupt them? Do I say hi? Do I grab a photo? You're trying to like, what are the unwritten rules of socializing at this convention. And so in that sense, it was a little bit awkward to try and figure out 
kind of how socially it was going to work. There was a lot of people you could tell who were just kind of like staring at other people they knew being like, should I talk to them? Should I not talk to them? And so I think if I had to pick a downside to the partner party, it was that unless you would already become quite close with those other partners on Twitch before you got there, um, just because, not because the people wouldn't have said hi to you or anything, literally just because, um, everyone was trying to figure out socially how this all works after a pandemic for the first time in a while. Uh, it was a little bit hard to kind of get around to everybody and, and say hello. But otherwise I thought, I thought it was fantastic. I had a good time. I met a couple of cool Twitch partners. I had to say hi to daydreamer Dan for a little bit. Um, and it was, it was really nice for him to take a few minutes to kind of chat and those types of things. I met these three world of Warcraft partners who were super cool. Um, and, and that was super fun. And so, partner party was cooler than I thought it was going to be in terms of like how good a partner party could theoretically be. It was average, but in terms of how good it was compared to what I was expecting and how safe it was, um, compared to COVID, like considering COVID, I thought they did a good job of kind of making those two things or merging those two things together and having a, a fun party for everybody. Now we're gonna now we're gonna start talking about some of the things that didn't go so well at the convention. So buckle up, folks. And I, I look, I don't, I know people don't listen to this stream for me to be negative, and so I'm not gonna go all in. If you're here to like, if you're here for the clips of this stream to be like VB destroys Twitch, that's not gonna happen here. Um, but I will, I will talk openly about some of the criticisms I had and some of the things that I thought didn't work. Let's talk about the COVID policies. So let's do a rewind as to how the COVID policies came to be in the first place, because I have as much of a bone to pick with some of the other streamers than I do with Twitch on this one. So Twitch announces TwitchCon. Evidently in the TwitchCon Amsterdam, someone who was there will have to confirm this to me. There wasn't too many COVID restrictions. You certainly weren't wearing masks around, or masks around the con floor or anything. It was a pretty kind of open event uh, without too many COVID restrictions. That's at least my understanding of it. And so um, I think what happened is Twitch just announced a similar type of system for the, the convention in San Diego. Originally, um, you didn't have to be vaccinated or anything. You, you didn't have to have a test. You didn't have to um, wear a mask or whatever. It was kind of just, you just show up and walk around and say hi to people. And a lot of people were kind of outraged at that. And I think um, I think rightfully so. If I was creating a convention from scratch, I would have uh, done the mask mandate, the, the either vaccinated or negative test thing. Uh, so I think those are good policies. I want to be clear. I'm happy that those policies existed at TwitchCon. But Twitch announced the con without those policies, right? Twitch's intention was to not have them um, for a couple of reasons, I think. One, the EU one didn't have them, and I didn't see nearly the same outrage on Twitter about the EU one. So that was a little strange. And secondly, um, this sounds a bit silly, but conceptually it makes sense is in life, you rely on people who specialize in a thing to tell you what you should be doing, right? And so for Twitch, I do have the slightest bit of sympathy for opening the con without those restrictions when nobody who is in charge of those restrictions asked them to do it. Right. If you set up a convention, you go to San Diego, uh, if you go to San Diego and you go, hey, I want to have a convention at the convention center and the city of San Diego, the state government of California, the federal government of the country you're in all say, cool, here's our recommendations for our policies based on this pandemic in our country, in our city, where you are. 
and you follow those recommendations, right? That makes sense to me. And now it does not mean that the recommendations you got were good. I want to be clear. Again, I don't agree with them. I liked where we ended up, right? However, it does make sense to me that you just ask the people who run the health departments that are in charge of making restrictions what they should be and then just doing that. That makes sense to me as a thing that happens. And before you say, but pandemic, we should all know better. We do this with everything else. All right. Fire codes. Fire codes. Did anyone at TwitchCon check what the fire code of the San Diego Convention Center said about occupancy? No, of course you didn't. What you did is you trusted that the fire department went into the convention center, did a little report and told the convention center, here's how many people you can have in this convention center. And then they only sold tickets to Twitch and then subsequently Twitch only sold tickets to us to reach the amount of people that could be inside the convention center to keep it safe for fire safety. Nobody got on Twitter to, to say that, hey, even though all the fire safety people said that there shouldn't be more than 25, I'm gonna use a number here. Even though all the fire safety people um, said there should only be 25,000 people in the convention center, right? I actually would only be comfortable if it was 20,000. That way, if there's a fire, I'm more likely to kind of get out an exit door, right? And so this was something that only concerned the pandemic for a few reasons. It's contagious for one and fire is not contagious. So again, I'm, I'm not trying to super defend Twitch here. What I do want to say though, is that it is not uncommon and it is actually usually the best practice to just find whoever's in charge of the thing you want to know about, get their recommendations and then follow them. Like the fire code, like the building code, like vaccine like, or like pandemic like um, requirements. And so what happened is Twitch did that, right? Nobody in government or local government or convention authority um, had asked them to have these restrictions. And so they didn't. That Whether you agree with that decision or not, at least tracks with me as a thought process to follow. Then uh, the Twitch community kind of went up in arms about it. Again, I think rightfully so. And said, hey, yo, we want masks. <laughs> like we're not going to this fucking convention without masks on because um, the chance of getting COVID is high, right? Uh, lots of people are vaccinated, but there's still a long COVID is a thing. I don't want to get sick. And even if you are vaccinated, like it's still killing people and those, um, those types of things. And so uh, we want more supports uh, for people to stay safe. Some of this were advocating for themselves. Fair enough. Uh, if some, everyone wants themselves to be safe. So that makes sense. Like, Hey, I don't want to go to TwitchCon if you don't have these restrictions. Right. And fine. A lot of people were advocating it on behalf of immu immunocompromised folks and streamers and viewers of Twitch that, that literally like just like COVID might kill them. And so like, there just needs to be a level of um, pandemic restrictions in place to reach a level of safety where they could even reasonably safely go. Now, of course, there is no level of full safety with COVID. I'm sure a lot of people who went to TwitchCon San Diego will have caught COVID despite all of these things. Um, and so I just want to focus on this a little bit here because there's a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people in the Twitch community, a lot of people in their streams who were actively mad at Twitch for not having these restrictions in the first place, which while I agree with them, I don't know if I was actively mad because of the logic I just used to track how people do safety things with everything else that's unpandemic related. 
right? So I don't know if I was actively mad at Twitch. I just think I was generally like, hey, can we do better? Can we do a little bit more? Well, there are lots of people that are actively mad. They could not believe that Twitch would do such a thing as to organize a convention without masks in a pandemic, even though I don't think any of these same people were mad about the European one that just happened, but whatever. Um, right. And a lot of the people that did this were the Twitch partners. And the reason why these voices are um, important is because um, they just have in the Twitch community are more likely to have more of a following online. Right. And so this kind of picked up fire and a lot of the Twitch partners were kind of advocating for more policies or whatever. Um, and so Twitch changed their policies. Well, the policies were that you had to wear a mask while you were inside the convention center. Great. Again, I, I believe in this policy. So I want to be clear. This is a great policy. Um, if you were fully vaccinated, so two doses, no booster, but like two doses of a vaccine, that's great. Uh, and if not, you had to have a negative test uh, from the last 72 hours. Then they gave everyone a little black wristband saying they had passed their COVID check. Um, they didn't they didn't specify whether it was a vaccine one or a um, test one. They just said, hey, this person either is vaccinated or gave the test. There's a little bit of privacy there for, your, I guess, your own personal decision making. And then once you had that badge, you could then go and pick up your Twitch badge, um, but you needed both. So you couldn't get the Twitch badge to get into the convention without the COVID badge. All good, right? You get to the partner party. So the partner party is the first thing that happens. The partner party has an indoor section. All the partners are outside doing their thing, right? Having a good time outside. No masks makes sense. There was a lot of people inside and a lot of people going in and out. Inside were the bathrooms. There were some streams going on in there. The percentage of partners who were on the internet, maybe not all of them, to be clear. Maybe it's not all these people. Um, the percentage, specifically the partners at the partner party, that just did not put their masks on when they went back inside was far too high for the general outrage that happened, right? Far too high. It was less than 5% for sure. It was actually my, the first time I went inside the partner party from outside the partner party, I put my mask on and I looked around. I was like, Oh, like this is just not a thing people are doing, which again, I don't have a real strong opinion on because I wasn't one of the people that was overly angry at the beginning of this whole thing. But I was slightly disappointed that the people who had done the most to advocate for these policies to change were immediately on day one, not following them to the letter of the rules. Now, a, a lot of people, I made a tweet about this and deleted it because a lot of people were like pointing out to me, but there's just a lot less people at the partner party and you know, you're inside and because it's not a giant community, it's not, you're just more spread out or whatever. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like if, if one person at the partner party has COVID and then you're all standing close to each other talking inside anyway, it doesn't matter that the rest of the convention center isn't full, right? And so I just, I just do think that it was a little bit disappointing and and just a little bit like surprising that at the partner party, um, there was less than like 5% of people, I think, were really paying attention to their masking habits when they were moving inside to outside, which was just a little disappointing considering how many of those, I'm assuming those same people, um, were kind of the most vociferous and loud voices for advocating for the change to the convention rules in the first place um and so the partner party was a little bit disappointing not on twitch's part but on the partner's part i think for kind of following those indoor masking guidelines as they were moving in and out of the partner party 
They get to the convention. For most of the convention, most people were wearing masks. I want to say it was more than 90%, more than 95%. Um, but you could tell, you could tell that Twitch's heart just wasn't in it to really enforce it fully. You know what I mean? Most people were wearing masks most of the time inside, and I I don't think that was a huge problem. And I think I think for the most part, to give more credit than I'm giving to the partner party, um, once the convention happened, and once people were on the convention floor, people were much more responsible, including the partners that were at the thing. There's a lot of partners that I saw at the partner party that weren't wearing their masks inside, that once they were on the convention floor the next day were. And so maybe it was just like a brain flip, like, ah, oh, it's fine at the partner party, but not at the convention, whatever. Um, so that was fine. Um, but Twitch just didn't really have their heart into enforcing it, um, which was a little bit upsetting just because, yeah, I think it's just loud versus versus the majority opinion, I think is probably the right call here. Um, but either way, I do think, I do think that if you are going to have these rules, right, um, a little more, and again, you can't enforce it all the time. Like what makes like, it's like getting a speeding ticket. What makes people not speed is A, that it's dangerous. So hopefully people realize the danger. But on the ticketing front, you can't give a ticket to everyone who speeds all the time. Logistically, it's impossible. You just need to give enough tickets to enough people that the word spreads around like, oh yeah, they're actually giving out speeding tickets. So it would have been nice to have more people going around the convention center. Just gently remind, I don't want people to get kicked out or anything. Just gently reminding people like, hey, you're still inside. Got to put your mask on. You know what I mean? Like, I think... I just think if you're going to make the change to have the policies, it would have been a little more enforcement inside the convention center would have been nice. So I think the COVID policies were there. Most people followed them. The partner party was not ideal. And I think, I think logically it's just that uh, it was mostly outside and you know the, the transitions to going inside, there wasn't a ton of people and there was a little more space. So maybe it just didn't click for people, but um the, the enforcement of the COVID rules outside of making sure people got the bracelet was just a little bit lower than you would have hoped it would have been, in my, in my opinion, having walked around the con floor for a couple of days. Let's talk about Twitch Executive. Let's, let's talk about how Twitch did at this convention, because oh my goodness, it is everything you thought it was going to be. I was talking to somebody, it might have been Sarah at the bar. It might have been somebody else. I was talking to somebody on the Thursday, one of the one of the people I ran into on Thursday. And I kind of was of the opinion that the best thing Twitch could do is just to stay as far away from the convention as possible, at least the Twitch executives, and just let people enjoy it. People are having fun, people are here, people are socializing, the mood is good, the vibe is great. Like, don't, don't ruin it by just the, like, the Twitch executives are just not good at messaging. They're not very charismatic. They're not good at um, advertising things in a way that makes you feel good. And so up until the opening ceremony, things were going well. Uh, nary a twitch executive to be uh, in sight nobody coming to interrupt the partner party or anything to go on this big thing about how important partners are or whatever you know what i mean like the partner party was the best example organize the party let the partners in and then just go away what was i thought for pr the best approach for twitchcon so we get to the opening ceremony and the opening ceremony is the biggest giantest turd of a thing that it could 
have possibly been. It was awful. It was actively bad. The beginning of it was fine. But the second Emmett Shear got on stage, you were just like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, the... Man. Like, I've heard tangentially that a lot of people got to meet some Twitch executives and it wasn't very inspiring. But just watching the opening ceremony, you could tell that it was... They just didn't get it. They just didn't get what they were going for. They didn't have a plan. They had no way of making people feel good. There was no forward thinking. There was nothing to be excited about. It was just like the CEO of Twitch getting up, opening by saying, hey, partners that are on exclusive contracts, we know we're not going to be giving you as much money anymore. So we're going to talk about that Sunday. Why on earth you would even mention that is bonkers. Like why you would get to the opening ceremony of your feel-good event and open it with, hey, remember this thing that everyone hated that we did three weeks ago? Let's bring it up at the beginning of this super, you know, fun and exciting opening ceremony for this super fun and exciting event. So that was bizarre. And it just immediately killed any momentum that the opening ceremony was going to have. And then as Emmett Shear was talking, you kind of just got the sense that like he just doesn't quite get it anymore in terms of like what the people that are on Twitch are looking for, what they need, what they're excited by, what kind of products entertain them Um, because of the negative PR around the partner sub splits and everything. They had rapid fire released a whole bunch of features in the lead up to TwitchCon. So they rapid fire released these new raid settings, the the watch party stuff, not the watch party stuff, but the the bringing other people into your stream, the charity function. In the month before TwitchCon, they had released all of their juice, all of the products they were working on. They had announced, um, I, I suppose, most likely to take away from the negative PR from the Twitch partner sub split announcements. And so the rest of the opening ceremony, it kind of rehashed the charity part a little bit. And the charity function on Twitch is genuinely one of the best tools they've ever made. Makes it a thousand times easier for people to raise money on Twitch. So that's all great. A big fan of that. They brought someone out who's a Twitch streamer and works for the American Heart Association via her Twitch streaming, which was genuinely super cool. And they managed to fuck up. Sorry. They managed to mess up giving her $100,000 for charity. You know how hard that is to mess up? You know how uncharismatic you have to be to mess that moment up, right? Like, so he, the check comes out and it's super awkward. And obviously you're surprising this person with a check, but there was no plan for how this was gonna go. And so like it gets handed to people randomly and it looks all weird and it doesn't look like anyone is authentically enjoying this. This should be a huge moment, $100,000 going to a very deserving charity. This should be the biggest feel good thing and it's just clunky and awkward and weird. Um, And just aside, I don't know if Emmett Shear is the most charismatic person. And so I don't know if he's just the, not really the best presenter of these types of things. And then he managed to make it about himself, which was wild. He managed to like throw the line out there. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to give you a giant check on stage. And it's just like, like you just slap your hand to your face. And it's just that you don't get what makes giving to the charity exciting. It's that you're doing it altruistically. It's that it's not about you. It's not about 
Twitch. It's about the money going to the charity. And that's a nice, the PR happens by itself. You don't need to mention it, right? The good PR happens when I leave that opening ceremony and get on this stream and go, you know how freaking cool it was that Twitch donated a hundred thousand dollars to charity. And instead I'm sitting here being like, you know how weird it was, you know, how mind bogglingly like self interested it was to give that $100,000, it just came across as just, we're gonna do this at the opening ceremony for a good bit of PR, and the heart wasn't in it, it didn't seem authentic, and it ended up being about Emmett Shear's ability to give a giant check on stage, and not about the money going to the American Heart Association, and that was just disappointing. The opening ceremony follows with a giant ad there's a giant ad in the middle of this opening ceremony. So if you're watching this live in the Glitch Theater, you're obviously not getting this giant ad. But if you're watching this on stream on Twitch, or it, like the, the opening ceremony is playing around the rest of the convention center. So if you are watching it around the rest of the convention center, you are watching the twitch.tv slash Twitch feed. You are not watching a live feed directly from the producer's truck. And so you are watching the stream version. And for most people in the convention center that weren't at the opening ceremony, there was a 10 minute advertisement in the middle of the opening ceremony. So you missed parts of it, it was super awkward, the feeds were cutting in and out. Twitch couldn't even turn ads off for their own opening ceremony, which is meant to generate hype and good PR and good momentum and excitement. Instead, it just gets derailed in the middle of it because they couldn't bring they couldn't bring themselves to not play a mid-roll ad. It is the biggest indictment of how bad mid-roll ads are that they actually did it in the middle of live performance, right? The reason why mid-roll ads on Twitch suck is that it's a live performance. Unlike in YouTube where you don't miss anything, when you're watching an ad, you are missing the thing you are here to watch. It'd be like if I went to watch a movie and midway through the movie, like a five minute ad played, but the movie still played underneath it, right? And so they mid-rolled their own stream, which was the biggest indictment of mid-roll ads in terms of how bad they are. And, and the feed that people were getting, most people watching it missed part of the opening ceremony. So they just derailed their entire momentum, which they already had none of because they just fucked it up with the charity. I, I, I'm just going to swear on the. I try not to swear because I know a lot of people watch Civ with their kids. Um, but I'm just going to swear for the podcast when I can't help myself. They managed to fuck it up with the charity stuff and not get that momentum going into the 10 minute ad. The 10 minute ad just sucked more momentum away from it. And it was bizarre, right? Like surely we could have just not gotten that money. Surely Twitch could have said, yo, we'll take the hit on this one. I know there's a lot of people watching. I know that mid-roll ad is probably worth a lot of money when that many people are watching, but I think Twitch could have survived without playing that mid-roll ad. And so now you might be thinking, but after the mid-roll ad, it gets better, right? Surely this kind of charity blunder, which again, I just wanna be clear, $100,000, still going to charity, still a great thing. Not mad about the money going to charity, just the way that it happened, a little bit weird, a little bit clunky, a little too self-interested. <laughs> after the ad, it does not get better. They decide to show off this kind of squat up feature. I don't know what it's called. I don't know if I have access to it. I probably do. They said they were giving access to everyone. I do have access to it. I think, it, is it squat? No, no, no. It's like, uh, what's it called? Manage goals. Maybe I don't have access to it. One second here. 
I just want to make sure I know what it's called. Watch party raid, manage poll. No, it's the feature where you bring other people to your stream. Anyways, it's the feature where you can bring guest star. It's called guest star. And so they were showing off their guest star feature where you can seamlessly bring other people onto your stream if you're recording a podcast, if you want them to say hi to people, um, and you can moderate it properly. It's a great feature. So you think this is a great feature that they're showing off at this opening ceremony, and you think, okay, this is going to go really well. You would be so wrong about how well this is going to go. The guest star they decided to have on the show was the game director for Overwatch 2. So what had clearly happened was they had clearly taken a giant paycheck from Blizzard to guest star the, the game director from Overwatch 2. And instead of showing off how this feature could practically be used for the streamers and the content creators who they're shipping this out to, they just had the dude from Overwatch talk for 20 minutes about Overwatch 2. Which is not a, like, what? What is going on? This is the Twitch opening ceremony, not the Blizzard ad board. Like, what? Why on earth is there a giant 20-minute Overwatch 2 advertisement in the middle of this opening ceremony? This is meant to generate hype and excitement for Twitch, for streamers, for viewers, for the product, for the website, for the developers, for everyone and instead of showing off a cool feature in a cool way and bringing on why on earth if you wanted to show off this feature have the other fun streamers get kai sanat kai sanat the way whoever just hit a hundred thousand views get him squatting into the stream from a computer across the convention center right get your big partners to join in on this like squad party and then have the ceo of twitch talk to the twitch streamers through this feature as it's designed to be used how cool would that have been have the streamers in the opening ceremony talk about how cool this is that they seamlessly got ported in from across the convention center that would have been sick and it would have showed off this cool feature and it would have showcased the streamers and the viewers and the people who are at the convention center and instead they just took a giant fucking check from blizzard to play a 25 minute i don't even know how long it was forever it took too long a giant overwatch 2 ad in the middle of their like product feature it was awful it was absolutely awful and Look, I don't want to dunk on individual people. I'm not sure Emmett Shear is the best person to be doing this stuff anyway, just because he's not very, he's not a great public speaker. He's not very charismatic. Um, although I get why you'd want to have your CEO on stage at these kind of events, kind of regardless of that fact. Uh, so as Apple makes it work. Tim Cook is not the most charismatic person, and Apple makes it work. So I understand um, that part of it. But to just so clearly have taken their entire opening ceremony and just made it a giant advertisement was terrible it was terrible it, it just is a complete summation of everything wrong with twitch right now and it is just and i don't know if it's that amazon has given them a deadline to be profitable i don't know if it's pure greed i don't know if there's other things that i'm not thinking of look i sympathize with having a boss that you you can't do all the things you want to do because someone above you is going like but, but the money i sympathize with that but there's just a bit better way to do it there's a better way for twitch to make money than to sell out their opening ceremony at their most hyped event of the year to blizzard entertainment right that is not acceptable that is not acceptable 
I just want to point, it is not acceptable. It is not acceptable that Twitch took the opening ceremony for their event that's meant to bring streamers and viewers together to showcase the best parts of the platform, the best parts of all the people that use the platform. And it's unacceptable for them to take that moment and just use it as an advertisement so they can make money. Who watched that and went, yeah, I'm going to download Overwatch 2 when I get home? Nobody! Nobody! If you just planned your convention properly and had, why on earth, again, I mentioned this earlier in the convention floor part of this podcast, why on earth was there not just an Overwatch 2 booth? Just give them a free booth, set up 100 computers, have them play Overwatch 2, it just released. The lines to play Overwatch 2 would have been so long. I don't understand. I don't understand. I hope I hope ranting Van Bradley is fun for you because it was mind-boggling. Loco had the best tweet about it, I think. Loco had the best tweet about it. I love Loco. If you're not following Loco on Twitter, we're going to find Loco's tweet here. And this will be my final summation of the Twitch opening ceremony. Let's see here. Where is it? I'm going to find it here. Here we go. Here's the tweet. The TwitchCon opening ceremony on par with how things are on Twitch, deflating, nothing to look forward to, and an ad slapped right in the middle was basically how I felt about it. Lovely, passionate, long rant by VB Management Consulting Core. It's ridiculous, though. Is it not ridiculous? Someone tell me I'm being unfair. Someone reasonably tell me that I'm being unfair to Twitch. It was unacceptable. It's like the rant from Superbad. It is like I'm feeling exactly how Jonah Hill and Superbad feels about making tiramisu. Like, sorry, miss, teacher. I apologize for my language, but honestly, everyone only takes this class to get an easy A, and when the fuck am I going to need to learn to make tiramisu? The next part, let's flip to a positive note. I just want to shout out every single person I got to meet was genuinely lovely. Um, I met a lot of people at TwitchCon and everyone I met was genuinely lovely. And I also wanna shout out that just anecdotally through Twitter, again, I can't witness everything that happens. It really seemed like all of the streamers there were so welcoming with their time and their energy in, in taking the time to meet the people that watch the stream, to meet the viewers, to take photos, to, to chat with them, to get to know them a little bit. Um, I, it was such a huge dopamine boost to see not just my I like Civ is a small community and the Civ community is more prone to not going to TwitchCon, right? Like a lot of older adults with families and stuff couldn't make it out. Um, I, I did meet with Bose and White and Nerdy, which we're gonna talk about, and, and we all kind of agreed we need to organize like a CivCon off TwitchCon on like the Thursday night or Friday afternoon or something to encourage more Civ people to to turn up to the the TwitchCon. But um it was great to see so many other streamers um, that have bigger communities or communities that were just more present at TwitchCon, um, taking that time to meet with every single person. So many people were doing like impromptu, hey, I'm at this sign, I have an hour, come meet and say hello. That was wonderful to see. And I just wanna shout out all the other streamers on the, the platform that were at TwitchCon, um, at least the ones that I follow and, and that I'm aware of, um, were, were just so generous and kind and, and good spirited and, and just were just fantastic. So I just want to shout out again like we just talked about it's the people that make twitch work and and the people that i met were awesome um so i met quite a few people a lot of them kind of just in passing but my best interactions were the ones that i just bumped into where it's like oh i know who you are and so at the partner party i met with um daydreamer dan for a little bit if you're not 
aware who Daydreamer Dan is, I would definitely go and check out Daydreamer Dan. Um, just an absolutely fantastic streamer. Just such a positive tour de force on Twitch. And is in, he's in the HyperXQ.gg kind of up and coming streamers thing. He's fantastic. He's also evidently either lives near or is roommates with Nii. Um, one like a DJ streamer on Twitch who's also just amazing. Um, I had actually recognized Nee, and I was gonna go say hi to to, to Nee, um, but by the time I'd walked over there, Nee was somewhere else, and I kind of just bumped into to Daydreamer Dan. I didn't even realize that was him, and it was so funny because I I went to go talk to him, and he looked at my badge, and I was like, "Do I know you?" And I was like, "Oh no no no, you you wouldn't. I'm a serial lurker. I'm so bad at chatting in people's Twitch chats. So I met a lot of people that whose streams I watch, but I just never chat in." So that was kind of awkward. Um, but Daydreamer Dan was genuinely just so lovely. And he, we only chatted for a minute or two before um, I kind of moved on. I didn't want to take too much of his time. This was Thursday night too. And I didn't know like how much time you were meant to take. Or I'm sure he had lots of other people to kind of meet and hang out with. Um, but I just want to shout him out just for, for being very gracious with this time and, and taking a few minutes to chat. Uh, and he just seemed like just the kindest, most down-to-earth person. And I, I just hope that – I hope that the uh, – I hope that the positivity that I feel towards that stream um, is showing through here because it was super cool to get the chance to um, meet with him. That was super fun. At the fourth wall kind of barbecue party, the the people that did my merch site had a – I'll talk about that in a minute. The people that did my merch site had like a little Oasis thing set up outside of the convention that I went to. Uh, I, I ran into Positive there, another person that I kind of awkwardly had to be like, oh, fuck. I do, I, I do promise you that I watch your stream, <laughs> but I just never chat in streams. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I, right. I don't know if I just don't want to draw attention to myself or if I'm just a serial lurker or what it is that I just don't, whatever. Um, positive chatted with me for about five minutes. That was super cool. I had a wonderful experience kind of saying hello, uh, to her and she was again, super kind and generous with her time. So I appreciated that, uh, on the first day. I saw Sarah for like an hour. Sarah was a sim streamer that I was aware of um, that I didn't really recognize until way later in the conversation, um, which I probably for an hour, like we were just at the pub kind of incidentally. And that was, that was super cool. So shout out to Sarah for just being fantastic for the, the little bit of time. I kind of ran into her. Uh, there was three, I can't remember their, I can't remember their names, which is unfortunate. I should have taken... This was, again, this part was on Thursday when I didn't get the social etiquette down. I started taking photos of people's badges um, just to, to make sure I, I didn't forget who I had met. Um, but there's three World of Warcraft lads that I will be trying to find on... Um, on Twitch and they were the coolest because I ran into them in line to get into the partner party. So we were getting into the partner party and I just kind of ran into them at line and we were, we were just chatting and, you know, chatting about streaming and world of Warcraft and Civ and those types of things. And then I got, we got into the partner party and I was like, Oh man, I don't know anyone here. Right. I was there with white and nerdy, um, but white and nerdy, um, wasn't, isn't a Twitch partner. So couldn't come to the partner party. And so, um, I was by myself at the partner party and they had like a little table and I walked up and I was like, Hey gentlemen, do you mind if I hang out with you guys for a little bit? I just, all the people I came with aren't here right now. And they were like, oh yeah, we love meeting people. Like come and hang out. And so we hung out for about an hour and just uh, namaste, many blessings. It was, it was super nice to be so welcomed by those gentlemen. Um, and, and just, you know, it's, it's always socially awkward. It's socially awkward to bring people into your crew for a little bit. It's a little socially awkward to like go up to people and ask like, Hey, I'm actually here by myself. And I know that makes me kind of a loser, <laughs> but can I hang out with you for a little bit? We seem 
to get along well enough. And for them to just be so welcoming and, and say yes and all that, I was super uh, thankful for that. They, they definitely made my partner party experience a lot better than it would have been had I not accidentally bumped into them in line. Uh, so that was super cool. And then I also, I met a lot of other cool people, but also I wanted to shout out uh, Maya, Maya Danny, whose Twitch stream I did not know about. So this was someone I met um, who I'd never watched on Twitch before and, and didn't follow on Twitter or anything. And we kind of ran into each other at the, the fourth wall party and we chatted twice, maybe maybe 10 or 15 minutes both times. And she was just absolutely wonderful and, and was just, again, super kind with her time and a super fun person to chat to. And so I, I just wanted to shout that out just as, do um, you know what? Uh, here's the reason why I'm shouting this out. It's awkward to meet people for the first time that you don't know that come from like the same internet community as you and, and to, to take the time to, to chat with them um, is, is, is not always easy to do. And so I definitely appreciated that. But also um, time is a valuable resource at these events, at the partner party, at the fourth wall thing. Um, you're only there for three days and you're trying to meet as many people as possible. You're trying to network. Time is an asset. Time is a resource. You have to choose how you're gonna spend your time. And the fact that these people took that time to spend just a little bit of it with me saying hello, um, getting to chat with each other, I just am I'm super aware of, of how weird it is to meet people for the first time and to um, kind of take carve out some time when you're already busy weekend to say hi to them. So I was just super thankful for that. I was appreciative that so many people were so welcoming. And even though they had no idea who I was or what my stream was or um, what the Civ community was that they were able to to kind of make my experience at TwitchCon amazing. So shout out to all those people. Shout out to all the other people I met in passing for for a minute or two here or there. Uh, I don't. I, I I'm gonna end up leaving some people out, but it was just genuinely super fun. And just as a whole, everybody I met was was super lovely and super um, uh, kind with their time. Not just to me, but to their own communities, which I was happy to see. You're always worried that with these parasocial relationships. People on Twitch are going to be super cool on Twitch, and then in person they're going to be, you know, a bit of a jerk, a bit of an asshole, not quite as um, able to 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 be that same person. And a lot of it's social anxiety too. Like a lot of this stuff isn't um, isn't malicious in any way, right? A lot of people hop on Twitch and they're able to be on Twitch and be so energetic and, and social because it's not in person. And then not everyone is is has a social battery for these types of events to meet all these people. So uh, I just think the general vibe and kindness of, of the other content creators that was there was was super nice and, and super fun. And I, I am genuinely so appreciative that so many people took, even just like in Daydreamers, Dan, Dan's case, just two minutes to not make me feel weird for coming up and saying hello, to to genuinely seem interested in, in, in my, my compliments to his stream and those types of things. So uh, I don't know, I'm kind of just vamping here, but um, if you had asked me, could, could the general streaming community have been more kind and welcoming and open with their time and social battery? I, I don't think they could have been. I think it was absolutely fantastic. I just want to talk about uh, a trigger warning for sexual assault and those types of things. Um, I don't know how much of this is Twitch's fault. I don't know how much of this is just gaming culture's fault. I don't know how much of this is just culture in general's fault. But the amount of people, at least that I, and it, I mean, if it's just the people that I know and follow on Twitter, I can't even imagine what the actual number is. Um, the amount of people that went to TwitchCon 
And it seemed like this didn't happen as much at the convention. It either happened at the kind of party they hosted at Petco Park. They had the Megan the Stallion and like the the party there. Um, I didn't go to the party because Bose was there, so I don't want to comment on whether the party was good or not. Uh, but the amount of people that, that um, reported at some point, whether in San Diego, just at the bars and restaurants and whatever, or at the party at Petco Park um, of being uh, sexually assaulted or having random people like grab them or try and kiss them and those types of things. Uh, I don't know what it is that needs to change. I don't know where in society we need to root out this like base fundamental problem. This is not just a problem on Twitch, although I'm not sure to what degree uh, Twitch streamers and viewers in general um, are more prone to this kind of behavior. And I'm not sure to what degree um, Twitch streamers and Twitch um, allow it and don't moderate it cor correctly. Um, it is just so disappointing and heartbreaking and tragic and uh, like just like completely fucked up that people can't just go to a convention and hang out with their friends without worried about being assaulted. It's unreal. It is absolutely unreal. And I don't, I obviously don't have these answers. This does not affect me uh, nearly as much. It is certainly not just a problem for people who, who are kind of uh, either identify as, as uh, women or are, are kind of more feminine presenting. Um, it's more of a problem for them, but certainly not exclusively a, a problem for, for them. But man alive, it is absolutely heartbreaking to... Just hear about those stories. Like people need to be able to go to a convention and have fun. People need to be able to leave their house and go to a pub and not worried about getting their drinks drugged, not worried about being assaulted, not worried about having to tell their friends like, hey, this is who I'm going out with. Uh, feel free to keep this photo in case I get murdered or something. Um, like it's just unreal. It's, it's just so disappointing and so frustrating and so um, demoralizing. And, you know, I just... I don't have much to say on the topic. I'll, I'll let people who either have more knowledge or um, or had these kind of events happen to them to kind of speak when they're ready. Um, but just I'm just aware of uh, one one case is too many. Um, but I'm just aware of people who who were not able to have um, the the TwitchCon experience they were hoping on the social front of it, kind of at the party or outside just in san diego because they had to worry about being assaulted or about having their drinks drugged or about or worried about all these types of things and it's just so fucking disappointing and and tragic and and scary and you know i don't i don't know if i have anything else to say on it maybe i'm not the best person to talk about it but i just wanted to mention it because i didn't want to ignore it i didn't want um i didn't want i don't think it's fair to do a podcast episode or a twitch stream about twitchcon and not bring it up um, but man, it just sucks. And I, it's just, you just want people to go and have a good time. And it's so fucking easy to not assault people. Like I just, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have answers. I just am, I'm, I'm so disappointed in, in the behavior of some people in the Twitch community. I am very much, um, as empathetic as I can be to, to people who have to worry about these kinds of things. And I, I just, I, I feel so terrible 
is to the degree that I can that people can't come to TwitchCon, they can't come to these social events, they can't go out for a fun evening in San Diego without kind of pre-planning their plus ones, without making sure people know where they are at all times, without having to tell people, like, hey, if anyone sees me acting a little weird, like, this is my hotel, this is where I'm staying, make sure to take me there, like, yeah, the whole thing just really... That just sucks, and it, it it's just it sucks to hear about. It's it sucks that it's happening. It, yeah, it's just absolutely terrifying and and scary and unacceptable and dangerous and all of those other words. So I just wanted to bring it up. I just wanted to mention it. I'm not the best person to go on a diatribe about it. I'm not the best person to to kind of advocate for these um, stories or whatever. Um, yeah, again, I don't, I don't know to what degree, again, so this, this isn't a problem I have to worry about, right? And that's an immense amount of privilege that I'm standing up on saying, like, having this conversation. And I, I acknowledge that. Um, I don't know to what degree it's a specific TwitchCon problem, right? I have these, like, these, these problems, I don't have them. These problems exist in Vancouver in real life with my real life friends. Like, I have real life friends that'll be like, hey, just so you know, I met this guy on Tinder or Bumble or whatever. Here's his photo, in case I don't make it out of the evening, you know what I mean? Or I've had it before where I'm leaving a pub with my friends in Vancouver and I, I, I they're like, hey, can you walk me to the SkyTrain station to make sure like, I get on the SkyTrain um, before taking your bus to where you're going? Like you go out of your way to, to make sure that you're um, accompanying people so they're not just left alone at any point. Um, and so, yeah, it's a problem, not just on Twitch or at TwitchCon. Uh, I think the parasocial relationships have a lot to do with it. Um, I am not a person to be able to tell you how much more or worse the problem is at TwitchCon. And again, I don't think this was at the convention center as much. I think this was mostly outside of TwitchCon, but it was definitely based on my kind of anecdotal kind of um, gathering of information that's just been on Twitter and in discords and stuff. Um, it does seem to be like people with Twitch badges, like viewers and other streamers, um, perpetrating these crimes just as much as just the random you know folks that live in san diego um, i do reckon the parasocial aspects have a lot to do with it where you've kind of imagined right you're in someone's chat you're you're super friendly they they're right like you're you're in their chat they're super friendly they they acknowledge you all the time they give you a lot of attention every time you chat they read it out and then you go to meet them in real life and you assume oh once i read them in real life um, they're gonna, they're gonna fall in love with me. I, like, they're gonna, right? Like, or I guess people feeling like they're owed something. Like, I spend this much money in a streamer's stream. They have, they should have sex with me or whatever. I don't know what it is, but I imagine these parasocial relationships add another, at the very least, another complication to it. Uh, certainly, if if they don't make the problem better or or, or worse. Um, to that degree, I have no idea, but I, I imagine that they add some kind of weird complication where on the, 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 the person, like the non-streamers end, you've built up this relationship that's completely one-sided, that is completely not reciprocated the other way in real life. And it's, yeah, and it just results in some, some disgusting behavior, I suppose. Um, but yeah, and again, not the best person to talk about it, but would have been unacceptable, I think, for me to not mention it as a problem and I, I again i don't have a lot of answers i don't know i don't know what the the solutions are um but they're the i just think we all need to work harder to find them i suppose because um for, for this to have happened to one person is unacceptable um to it to have happened to multiple people is 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 even more unacceptable so yeah i have no idea it's disappointing it's disgusting it's 
all of those things, but um, just just wanted to mention it. Sorry, sorry to bring that in here and 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 be um, a little bit of a downer talking about a really sensitive topic. But I think it's important to have those conversations. Like if you're gonna do, if you're gonna talk about TwitchCon as a whole, ignoring the problem people had with um, with those issues is is not acceptable either. Yeah, it's it's it really is tier three privilege that I get to just walk around life. And not have to worry for my safety at, at any event. And, you know, I do. I did my... I do, there, there's like a certain amount of very small-scale stuff that I understand, right? Like, I understand... I understand something... Like, I understand really small miscommunications about, like, hugs or something. You know what I mean? Like, let's say I'm a streamer and you're a streamer. And we're in each other's chats all the time. And we, we talk and we're in each other's discords. And we plan to meet up at TwitchCon and like you've seen my face, I've seen your face. We kind of know it's still parasocial in a way, but we we like relatively know each other and and you get there and like one of you goes in for a hug and the other one kind of didn't want to be hugged or whatever. Right? Like I understand how like on a really small scale, once you're in a, a confirmed like mutual social relationship with somebody, how like that could get confusing to the point where someone needs to say, Oh, I would just rather not be hugged if that's okay. And like that, that part of it, I could possibly understand. I have a don't hug people policy unless I, unless I'm uh, fully aware that they're, they're cool with being hugged. And I always like, even when like, even when I met Bose, I like, I was like, I'm going in for the hug. And I was like, and then he was like, then he did the same thing, right? Like you give people the opportunity to be like, ah, I'd rather not, you know what I mean? And so, um, but yeah, it's like on very, very small scales with like people who are already in confirmed, mutually acceptable social relationships to like confuse whether someone wanted to be hugged once. Like I can see how that kind of naturally happens with no maliciousness or no malintent or whatever. Uh, but everything else is, is just, I just don't understand it. I just don't understand. I, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just don't understand it, and it's a huge privilege that I don't that I, that I get to go through life not needing to understand it for my own safety. Um, and I, I I wish I could be more helpful or have more answers, um, but but I don't, and it's unfortunate. And so yeah, I just wanted to bring it up. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of VB Cast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a rating to this podcast wherever you are listening. Check out twitch.tv slash vanbradley for my Twitch stream. Or if you want to catch the next recording of VB Cast, I record most of them on that website, so that should be fun. Uh, if you want to check out the Twitter, it's at vanbradleygames. Thank you so, so much for listening, and I will see you in the next one.